very certain about you have to you have to be quite smart you have to be very smart um and you have to be smart and quite technical so if you're a little bit poor and you have deficiencies in your technique you can get away with them but i i think that um you know if you've got someone who's way taller than you and more physical than you well then it comes down to technique and execution Hello everybody and welcome back or welcome to the 24th episode of the Volley Talk podcast. My name is Tasha and I am your host for today. Our guest for today's episode is a very special person. I first met him at an Asian volleyball championship event in Thailand last year where we happened to be on the same bus to the venue and I was sitting right next to him. At that time, I was still very new to the beach volleyball scene and ignorant me didn't realize who I was speaking to. But he and his partner went on to become champions of the tournament. I then did some digging around and found out that he was also the 2018 Commonwealth champion and is one of the best beach volleyball players in Australia. For such a great player like him, there wasn't even a hint of arrogance. He was very friendly and kind even to a little unknown player like me. After reaching a career milestone this year playing in the Olympics, he announced his retirement right after. I decided that I really wanted to interview him to reflect upon and share the lessons that he learned along his 15-year journey in beach volleyball. There were certainly a lot of golden nuggets that he shared. So, without further ado, I present the one and only Damien Schumann from Australia. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. Hi Damien, first of all, congratulations on your retirement. What a journey it has been, right? 15 years of beach volleyball and you achieved a huge uh, milestone in your career this year in the Olympics, qualifying for the Olympics. <laughs> yeah, thanks Tasha. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been um been quite a ride. It's uh yeah, to finish it off with the Olympics was pretty special. Mhm. So I have so many questions to ask you so let's just jump straight into it. <laughs> okay. So first question is who is Damien Schumann in a tweet? <laughs> yeah, well, I don't have Twitter so this is always a little bit tricky but uh Twitter's um Twitter's pretty short I think you get 200 characters or something like that and I always talk a lot so I probably <laughs> probably wouldn't be able to do it but uh uh Damien Schumann is um somebody who's uh most of his life into um into trying to be as good at beach volleyball as he possibly can um and he tries to be a, he tries to be the best person he can as well so beach volleyball's told me a lot about that mhm so how did you first get started with beach volleyball well i went to a school in melbourne called mazenock college which is um a really good volleyball school and um I tried out for the team in year 7 and I didn't make the initial volleyball team the indoor volleyball team in year 7 and then I uh visited my grandparents in another city called Adelaide mm-hmm. and um some random tourists just needed a fourth player to jump on and play some volleyball with them down the beach and I was like yep yeah, fine and um yeah I loved it had a great experience so then went back to my school and then obviously tried got got into the team in year 9 And then yeah just some friends and then I just got into volleyball loved everything about indoor volleyball started playing beach volleyball over summer and then sort of the more I played um I realized I realized that uh, I really loved beach volleyball in particular so um yeah that's pretty much how I got into beach volleyball initially. Mm yeah it's kind of crazy how things work right 
<laughs> how things no, happen. Like, oh, it's crazy. Like if, if those if those tourists weren't there and the nets weren't up at that at Glenelg in Adelaide, um, yeah. my my, my the, the entirety course the, the entire course of my life would have yeah. changed. It's funny, like I was I was told I was doing it, I was talking at this um uh this dinner the other night um to a group of PE teachers. Um, like it was an ACHPA thing. It was like an association for PE teachers in South Australia. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was saying to them as well, just about those nets at Glen Elg. Like you don't know the effect you can have on people sometimes and just the, the smallest thing can change the course of somebody's life. So yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, that's very true. That reminds me of something that I saw somewhere before, like the best gift that you can give someone is opportunity. Yeah, oh, it's good. Yeah, great point. <laughs> yeah so Damien throughout your whole journey who or what inspires you the most um well I've been uh, my wife's very inspirational she always helps me she's helped me for many many years now um helped me deal with lots of things um my coach I've had a couple of coaches my my coach for the last five years Andrew Schott was great to me um, you know, really enjoyed my time with him and he taught me so much about the world tour and high performance, but, and also my, my first coach, Hayden Ellis, um, he, while I was always on the outside of the program, I was like, uh, I wasn't like an official Australian athlete, like a funded athlete. Mm-hmm. I was on the outside of the, um, Australian Institute of Sport and, uh, and yeah, he, uh, he took him, he took me under his wing and gave me everything he had and taught me or, you know, everything about high-level sport. And, yeah, without him, I, I would never have made it. So, now I've been very lucky to have so many so many great people uh, in my corner all these years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. I think uh, it's very important to have a good support team behind your back to help you reach the greater heights. It is very important. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, Damon, what has been one of the, uh, some of the most memorable um memories that you've had throughout this journey oh man there's so many i um i've been so lucky to have so many different experiences um um like it, it, and it's funny I've, I've been asked this before and they're, they're, the, the obvious ones are the commonwealth games um so the commonwealth games uh that's like where all the commonwealth countries get together mm-hmm. and it's a big deal and for australians yeah. and and so winning the commonwealth games against canada who you know they were a super good team and and, and and it wasn't so much the tournament or, you know, the match was really good, but it was the fact that all the Australian sporting public were had a, had a chance to watch, uh, you know, really high-level beach volleyball yeah. uh, at a, on, on the TV at primetime. Mm-hmm. And so that, that had never happened before, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was pretty special. But also just the way, you know, social media works these days and also just the media in general, there's a lot more opportunity so people can watch your whole game. Um, and all my family and friends and all the people I grew up with and everybody in Australia finally got to see a high-level beach volleyball yeah. match, which, you know, it sounds crazy to the rest of the world because the rest of the world, you know, and beach volleyball is growing in Australia, but, yeah, mm-hmm. the rest of the world it's quite established. Yeah. Um, well, it's more established than it is in Australia. So so that was really cool. So And then, obviously, qualifying for the Olympics was really cool. They're the two obvious ones. But then, as all these other ones are happening... Like, you know, the first time I won a national tour, the first time I won an Australian national tour was unbelievable. Like, that was crazy. And even the first time I won a Victorian tour, like my own, my home state, mm-hmm. um, so all these little milestones, you know, the first yeah. time 
well, it took me a long time to win, you know, even win a champion, like win a medal on the um, on the Asian tour. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, got lots of thirds, lots of seconds, and then finally getting that Asian championship yeah. and making main draws on World Tour for the first time. So, yeah, I, I've got those two big ones, but there's been so many little things along the way that have been super cool as well. Mm-hmm. Um, can I ask if, like, the Olympics had always been a dream of yours? It had. It, well, it, it had... It had once I started playing beach volleyball, so around mm. 7, 8, 8, 8. Before that, I sort of really wanted to play footy. I really wanted to play um, Australian rules football. Um, and so the Olympics weren't, you know, as much of sort of a dream or a focus. But once I started playing beach volleyball, yeah, the Olympics was a dream. And it, and, and I say dream as well because it's um, it really looked unlikely for a long time, even, mm. even, uh, even with, you know, with a few years to go. Um, it still looked unlikely, even though, you know, it was the number one team in Australia, it still was looking really tough to make it. So, and um, all the political things going on yeah. in the background yeah. and there, there was lots of things. Yeah, so you're right, it was a dream and uh, I always wanted to do it, but I never knew if I'd get there. Um, but that's the thing about dreams and goals, I suppose. Nothing's guaranteed, so you have to uh, just throw everything you have at it and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And I saw in your post that you said, it's been 13 years since an Australian team qualified for the Olympics, right? Yeah, so the last the last men's team, the last men's team that wouldn't have oh, been okay. but the last men's team that qualified was uh, my coach, was uh, my coach, Andrew Schott. So oh. him and were the last men's team to qualify. And so yeah, to to be the to be the next men's team to qualify is um uh, crazy, especially because I grew up watching those guys and mm-hmm. looking up those guys. So yeah, crazy. And how was the experience like at the Olympics? Yeah, it was great. It was, you know, it was it was crazy. It was um pretty exhausting and pretty full on. And there's lots of lots of things happening and yeah, people, you know, obviously it was very different to a lot of other Olympics, but that was the only Olympic experience I've had. So it was it was great for me, you know. So it mm-hmm. was um I was cool just walking around the village and having the uniform on. Like it was, yeah. it was you had the uniform on, you walk around the village talking with all the other athletes. Yeah. And just being part of the bigger sort of Australian team mm-hmm. and you know, all the athletes from around the world being at an Olympic Games. Um, yeah, really cool. Yeah, it just really boosts your spirit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, well, what has been some of the toughest challenges that you had to face in your career and what lessons did it teach you? <laughs> yeah. Well, I've had, um, everyone has different challenges. Everybody, everybody's got challenges in their sporting journeys and they're all sort of relative to you. Some challenges, I've been really lucky with injuries. I've never really had too many serious injuries at all. And so that hasn't been, you know, that hasn't really been my challenge. Um, Mm -hmm. I suppose, uh, oh, definitely, um, I suppose, uh, you know, splitting up with Chris after the um, Commonwealth Games victory that we had. So we won the Commonwealth Games and then we broke up our partnership after mm. that. Um, that was really tough. That was that was really challenging. And the new guy I played with, Cole Durant, um, we had a great couple of years as well. We, we, did, we had some really good results. But initially, um, you know, the few days and weeks after that happened, that was really tough. That was super tough. Um, and just, uh, yeah, just... You know, probably the other the other really tough thing was like I was having to work full time in a job while mm-hmm. the other guys. So from about age twenty to twenty eight, I was working. You know, well part time, almost full time. Um, when you know it was tough because it was like I knew the other guys were training all day every day. Yeah. So it was uh, 
So yeah, it was quite that was that was tough as well. So yeah, that was tough for many years, just knowing that they got to you know live the dream of training for beach volleyball full time. So yeah, lots of tough things, and of course losing like you know losing games you shouldn't lose like that happened all the time, and you know traveling around the world it's not not as glamorous as everybody thinks. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, there's there's some uh, there's some tough uh, tough hotels in some tough countries. So. <laughs> I see. So Damien, which is the best ever match that you've ever played? You think? Um. Well, the the best ever match, the best I've probably played is probably in that maybe in that Commonwealth Games gold medal match. I played mm-hmm. pretty well in that game. Um, just the pressure and everything else that was happening around us. That was that was a that was a good match. Um, there was uh, a couple of matches on the World Tour in 2017 where um where we were playing the best teams in the world on the world tour and we were getting ninth. So we got a ninth at world champs. I was playing well that I was playing well. We beat, uh, beat, beat some really good teams, beat the silver medalists from Rio, Italy, mm. Nicola, and, Lupo, and, you know, I played really well that game. So there's, there was a few, there was a few games um, that I played at a really, really high level that I can mm-hmm. remember. Um, but yeah, probably in terms of the, the grandness and the pressure, probably, yeah, like I said, Commonwealth games and then uh. as well. But also probably our first match at the Olympics was against um, Mole and Soren. Oh, that was amazing. Oh, yeah, that was a crazy match. So I think we played pretty well that match as well. Yeah. Um, even though we lost 15-13 in the third, it was, uh, yeah, just the pressure of all that was um, yeah. cool to get out there and deliver that. Mm-hmm. That, that was a really amazing match. It was so close. <laughs> uh, it was, uh, yeah. Had a few of those in my career. I mean, I've had a few that I've won as well. So that's mm-hmm. beach volleyball. You you lose some close ones and you yeah. win some. So, yeah. I see. So, um, okay. So which is the best ever team that you've ever played against? Uh, probably probably Mole Sorum um, in that first match of the Olympics. Uh, and, well, I think it's kind, of, it's kind of a hard question because they're probably the best team on paper that I've mm-hmm. ever played. Um, but but yeah, but we got really close and we played well. Like yeah. Worse, like you know, we lost worse to Russia and we've lost to Spain before. And while those teams aren't quite as good as Norway, um, mm-hmm. they might have played better on the day or whatever it is. So, but yeah, I think on paper, definitely Mole Sorum's probably the best team, best team I've ever played. Like I played Bruno and played Evandro, oh. played Hauser a few times, a couple of times, and so. Those so the individuals I've played as well, but probably mm. I haven't played those individuals in their best probably teams. So, yeah, I've been lucky. Got to play lots of good players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what about the best ever venue that you've competed in? Oh, there's again, there's so many, and for different <laughs> reasons. Like for different reasons. Like I mean, the Olympic venue was spectacular. There was just no people in it. Yeah. So that was- best stadium i've ever played in even though it was completely empty (laughs) (laughs) um playing in stards always really nice under the Mm. swiss health that's a great event a lot of world a lot of uh volleyballers really like that event um and then yeah there's been some other really cool places like the cook islands was really nice as well Mm. of course just playing in australia is beautiful as well like on manly beach and you know my hometown in st kilda and victoria and yeah, there's um, there's been lots. I've been very lucky to travel everywhere. Oh, yeah. Vienna. Vienna was pretty cool as well. Uh, just um, how much Austrians love beach volleyball. Mm-hmm. Like, get around that tournament. So yeah, 
Yeah. And just now you mentioned about some tough countries, right? <laughs> Which would you say are some of the toughest countries that you've had to play at? Um, China's, China's challenging. China can be challenging. The, the food's quite different there. And I mean, mm. you know, I, I, like, I like a lot of the food, but sometimes in the hotels or depending on what cities you're in, it's, it's mm. tough. It can be tough sometimes finding, um, finding food. Mm. Um, and uh, sometimes the smog can be pretty tough there as well. So, you you know, if there's, if there's pollution, you can feel mm. it in your lungs sometimes. So, uh, but look, but, but you know, I might be a little bit critical there, but they put on so many tournaments a year. So they're so fantastic for beach volleyball. They've hosted so many things over the years. So, um, other, I mean, other tough countries, I mean, anywhere in Asia, super hot. So, I mean, that, <laughs> that's why other countries are great. <laughs> the, you know, playing in the high 30s, low 40s with, you know, yeah. you know, a billion degrees a billion yeah. humidity is uh, always challenging but that's part of the fun of it as well mm, i see so damon which is one team like in the past or present that you would really love to play against in the past or present yeah um oh um that's a good question um i suppose i'd like to I would have liked to have played. Never got to. Never got the chance to play Todd Rogers. Um, he was always somebody I looked up at as a smaller person. It would have been mm. nice to actually be on the court playing against him just to see. You know, like I, I've obviously watched him play a thousand times on YouTube, yeah. and stuff, but actually standing on the court is always very different. So that would have been cool to do. Mm. Um, I think Emmanuel and Ricardo. I never played. I never played Emmanuel or Ricardo actually. So it would have been pretty mm. cool to play those guys in their prime. Yeah. Um, that would have been nice as well. And I got to play against Brink Reckerman and, um, in Melbourne. Um, they played a small tournament in Melbourne um, years ago. So I got to play against them. So, But now that I, again, you know, I'm better at volleyball now than I was then. So that would be cool to play yeah. those as well. So I got to play Miles Sorum, so that's pretty cool. So mm-hmm. I reckon um, I never got to play Smith and Smolodge from Latvia. I reckon that would have been a fun game as well. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, that would have been fun to play as well. Yeah. So oh, I've I've been very lucky with all the teams I've been able to play. Been got to play many of the teams that I looked up to growing up. So mm. yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's amazing. So speaking about competition, right? Um, what do you do to stay calm during a tight match? Like let's say the the Olympic ones with Norway. That was a really tight match. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's um you the more you play the more of those sort of situations you get into mm-hmm. um and so and so it was uh yeah i mean you, you you set things up you you talk about it with your partner and you talk about it with your coach and so you go through the things that you have set up so it's like right oh we're going to make sure when we're feeling really nervous we're going to keep talking because when we feel nervous sometimes we want to not talk mm-hmm. so it's important that we keep talking to each other and then we talk about tangible things like what we're going to do. I'm going to try and pass it here for you and I'm going to try and do this with my serve. Um, and so you're talking about tangible. So despite how you're feeling, you're still talking about the actions that you're going mm. to um, go and do. And then even admitting to your partner that you're nervous is fine because then once you once you say it, then you like acknowledge it and you're like, okay, even though I'm nervous, I'm still going to go as hard as I possibly can. Mm. And, and acknowledging risks, you got to, sometimes you have to, you know, I'm going to go for my shots. I'm going to go for my hits and, you know, whatever happens, happens. I can't control a lot of things, but yeah. I'll, I can control my effort and the mm-hmm. intensity I do things. And of course that doesn't happen all the time. 
But um, yeah, so those are the sort of things that I'm just trying to stay in the moment and just, just being very clear about what your next job is. I think um, was something we worked on the last few years mm. um, in Adelaide with the coaches and my partner. So yeah. Yeah, I think that's some really, really good tips, especially when, especially for young players like, like me or other people. And beach volleyball is a sport with so many um, different factors that can affect you. <laughs> there is. Yeah. So, Damien, now that you have retired from the sport, um, what, what are your plans for the future? Yeah. <clears throat> Great question. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, so I've retired. So, yeah, I'm just, um, I was a teacher before. Oh. Um, time, so I was, a, I, was a, I was teaching part-time, so doing like relief teaching or emergency teaching, like when other teachers get sick, mm-hmm. then I do like just random casual days. And so that's what I've been doing since I've retired, just doing a few days a week of relief teaching. I've been doing a little bit of coaching as well. So I enjoy that. So I've, I'm lucky that I've got the teaching degree so I can mm. do little bits of work while I'm looking for True. what my next sort of job will be. So there's lots of different things going on at the moment. So yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Just take it one step at a time and you'll eventually find what you want to do. <laughs> exactly. But like, isn't it tough to just not play volleyball? Doesn't it feel weird? <laughs> yeah, it does. It's um, I always, I never thought that I would, I never thought that I would get to the stage where I was. Um, I always loved beach volleyball. I loved everything about it. I wanted mm-hmm. to play it all day, every day, and I loved, I loved it all the time. But I think, and I never thought I'd get to the stage where I felt like I was done with the top level. And so I think, I think I was, it took me a long time to get there. And then once I was there, I was maintaining it and, and I loved, I still loved the game and I, I, you know, I enjoyed playing it, but I put everything I had into it. Like, you know, I put everything I had into it and I don't think I could put in too much more. And I could, I could have, I think, I think I could have kept playing for a a few more years. I'm 34 now. I think I could have definitely kept playing for a couple more years, but it would have been hard to have maintained the level that I was at. Mm. So my whole career, I was on an upward trajectory. Like mm. I was always up. like, I go down a little bit, but then I'd come back with a better result than I'd mm-hmm. ever had before. And that's how I, and that's how my whole career went. And I think, um, I think, uh, you know, reaching like winning the continental cup to qualify for the Olympics, getting to the Olympics. Um, well, I think I could have kept going a little bit. I think I going downhill. So, that would have that would have frustrated me so maybe not but i think i squeezed just about everything i had out of myself yeah. and my body and um and yeah yeah so i after 18 years of playing volleyball and you know 15 years playing beach volleyball i was happy that i'd given it everything i had and um i was still i still love it and i was still enjoying it but probably not at the level mm-hmm. I, I was very hell-bent on getting these certain results and making it to the olympics yeah. so once you once it becomes like that and, and that's the only way I think I could have got there like if I just treated it like fun and games like at my height and all the rest of it if I just treated it like fun um I don't think I would have got to the what I what got to where I wanted to go mm-hmm. and so I think a little bit of the fun no I still loved it it was still fun <laughs> but the pressure like the the being at the being at the top of you know being at the top of your country um for yeah. a number of years um for the last five years essentially um being at the top of you you know top of your country and that's pressure and you mm-hmm. know making the pressure of getting results um yeah yeah it can, take, it can take its toll but 
um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy to have to be focusing on other things now, mm. even though it'd be nice to play forever. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And just now you mentioned about height, right? So like being a smaller player, how did you manage to maintain such a high level, like, you know, for so many years and like be at your top game? Um, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting question. Uh, it, there's, there's lots of factors I think to it. Um, but you have, you have to be, you have to be very certain about, you have to, you have to be quite smart. You have to be very smart. Um, and you have to be smart and quite technical. So if you're a little bit poor and you have deficiencies in your technique, you can get away with them. But I, I think that, um, you know, if you've got someone who's way taller than you and more physical than you, well, then it comes down to technique and execution. Um, and so, yeah, I was lucky to have really good coaches growing up that mm. we could work on ways that I could make up for my height with my hitting technique and stuff like that. So getting really in depth about offense and making sure that I could, I mean, everybody, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people who can defend pretty well and, you know, everyone can learn how to serve aggressively like they, they, and, and set and stuff like that, like tick, tick, tick. A lot of people can tick that off. Um, but as a smaller player, you need to be able to side out. Like you need to be able mm. to find ways of siding out. I didn't, and I'm definitely wasn't the best side out player in the world and my defense, my serving, my setting, there was all these other things that obviously helped and you have to be a pretty complete player as a smaller person, but as a smaller person, you've got to be able to, um, find ways of siding out against people like Dalhauser and Mole and um, mm -hmm. these sorts of guys. And so, yeah, so we went to work on that for many years about how to put a game style together and how to individually um, attack the ball. So it's, um, yeah, we'd have a high percentage of trying to, of getting past those blocks or tooling those blocks or shooting a certain way. So yeah, arm swing mechanics, all those sorts of things, I think are pretty important as a smaller person if you want to make it at a at the top level. Mm, I see. And what about your defense? Because your defense is like crazy. Every time I watch you play, you're like flying here, flying there. How did you, you know, get to that level? Uh, it, it, it's quite funny. I um, So a lot of people ask me to help them with their defense or mm. help coach them. And I could definitely, I definitely can help, obviously. And I know what I'm talking about in terms of strategy and timing and defense. But the actual, the actual, it, it always came pretty naturally to me. Um, defense came fairly naturally to me. So it was hard for me to improve my defense because it was a natural thing. Oh. Um, whereas spiking, spiking was never natural for me. So it was something I had to work on and try so many different techniques and try, try mm. so many different things. And so I know everything there is about, I know everything there is about spiking and like oh. I can picture all the different world tour plays, arms, <laughs> actions. I can picture my own. I know when it's right. I know when it's wrong. Um, you know, and I'm, I can think, and whereas defense was a little bit more natural to me. So mm. defense separated the defense. So there's, there's the skills of it, which we worked on lots, just ball control reactions. And I, my coach, my little brother, like, and my sisters, we'd always play in the backyard forever, just peppering and hitting balls at each other. And that's where you learn the skills of it. And mm. then the strategy of defense, again, I had really good coaches in terms of my, you know, Andrew shot really good um, different plays and strategies. And Hayden was my other coach was really good at um, picking apart people. <laughs> and so knowing strategically when to do things and getting a sense of the game. So you've got to, yeah. So yeah, a lot of the defense we played, um, especially in the last few years was quite revolutionary and 
um, in terms of just where you're starting on the court and different mm-hmm. play. I mean, you know, people, people have done it in the past, but yeah, people are doing it a lot more now than just your classic line block cross defense um, or, you know, cross block line defense. There's a lot more to it, I think, these days. And there's many ways to, yeah, skin a cat. So, I've, yeah, um, yeah, you gotta you got to open your mind with defense. There's lots of different ways to do it. And, um, and yeah, some really interesting things happening out there. And, yeah, Hayden was always really, really good at uh, setting up defensive plans and, um, yeah, playing defense a little bit differently. So, yeah, that was good. Mm. So what is your go-to shot? <laughs> the one that works, hopefully. <laughs> uh, well, I'm re- I've retired now, so I don't mind talking about these things. But um, no, I um, I always liked hitting cross. I oh. loved hitting cross. Like uh, you know, I I'd base you know as much as my as much as my coaches would always want me to base my whole game off hitting line and then opening everything else up. I just mm-hmm. loved hitting like if I could if I felt like I could crank cross real good it wouldn't matter if a cross block jumped in front of me I'd get a piece of the block or I'd um hit through the cross block mm-hmm. um and and then I'd almost leverage everything else off that so I'd hit cross which meant if I could do that really well the high line shot would be on mm. if I could do that well the defender would stay so I can cut it I could run through the middle still hit cross um and then if that worked then I could chip back so it was like so some people shoot so they can hit. So they shoot and they do cut shots and line shots, which opens up the hit because the defenders are chasing. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to sort of try and establish a hard cross hit first and then open things up from that and then sneak line hits and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's, um, that's sort of how I always went about it. I mean, yeah, I was never that strong at tooling the block. Um, didn't play much indoor, so... I got definitely got better at it. Definitely got better at it since moving to Adelaide, and they, you know, they they like tooling and block, um, and that was a really good weapon to have. So yeah, you need you need you need everything. Mm. And like the way you and Chris play is like a very special way, right? Like you guys will dig to one side and then jump set to the other side to trick the blocker. So was it very difficult to? you know, play that way because it's so different from the conventional way. Yeah, a lot of a lot of teams are doing it now. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, now. <laughs> yeah, Josh, Josh and Shotty were the very first ones to do it um back in the 2000s, early 2000s. Um, our coaches. So Josh Slack and Andrew Shot, they were the first ones to ever jump set, spread the offense. Everybody mm-hmm. else played pretty much the same. So um you know it was cool having Shotty as my coach. Like Hayden, mm-hmm. Hayden, Hayden got some two ball stuff going. Um, but then Shotty really, really pushed it once we got to Adelaide. And it was it's ba- and that's the good thing about beach volleyball. You're just using what you're good at. So mm. I'm pretty good at passing and my ball control. And Chris was really good at jumping high and crushing the ball. So <laughs> you just use your strengths. So oh. so if I can pass it well enough, then why not? Chris can come in and hit it. You know, why not? That's you know, there's strength. And then you know, jump setting it back. Then once you jump set it, then I might have a free net. So as a small yeah. player, that's really good. And and look, you got to play to your strengths. If you can't handset, then don't do it. Then don't jump set and try and do that style of game. Um, mm. If you can handset and you're comfortable jump setting, then sometimes it's really good to do it because you have a free net. So it's 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 beach volleyball is great. So yeah, you shouldn't just jump set for the sake of it. But um, mm. you can put together. A, you got to you got to understand in beach volleyball like what your team's strengths are, and then work towards work towards um, a game style that suits your strengths. Mm, I see. So mm, speaking about strengths, what do you think your strengths are both as an athlete and a person? 
Um, as an athlete, I think uh, my ball control um, is definitely a strength. Um, and that's probably in all areas in passing and serving and hitting and setting and stuff like that. I think, I think that was a real strength of mine, my coordination and my ball control. Um, and then as a person, I think, uh, I think I'm, I'm pretty good at getting along with most people, um, which really helped um, in beach volleyball. Cause obviously you've got to travel a lot and there's tense times and there's arguments and there's disagreements. So I think, um, I think uh I think that really helps me as well, and uh, yeah, I like. Hopefully, hopefully, I'm hopefully I'm um, I'm caring, and I uh, you know try to look after the people around me, and uh, yeah, I mean we can always do a better job of that stuff, but yeah, <laughs> well, um, yeah, I think I think that's about it. Yeah. No, I think you are. I remember that time when I first met you at ABC, and then I was sitting beside you <laughs> in that that bus, and then you, uh, I was speaking to you, and you were really friendly yeah. to me. <laughs> Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So that, that, that answers the question. So Damien, um, knowing what you know now, what advice would you give to your younger self? Oh, oh. oh it's so tough. That's tough. I don't know. Um, oh, I don't know. It's crazy. It's, it's, I try not to look back like on things like that because you can, if you there's a saying if you live in the past it can create depression and if you live constantly in the future then you get anxiety so try to live in the present but um i'd uh i would have learned to serve aggressively i would have told myself to serve more aggressively when i was younger and really work oh. on it serving was boring like i didn't enjoy working on it that much oh. so maybe serving more aggressively i'm um, learning to jump float more aggressively which i got really good at the last few years mm. um probably a few little things with my hitting technique that took me a while to figure out. Mm. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that's probably, it's probably what I'd be telling my younger self, I think. Mm, and, to I and to not make any mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of impossible. I mean, mistakes. I know. Well, that's just the question, isn't it? So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So, what advice would you give to aspiring beach volleyball players and athletes? The great, the great thing about beach volleyball is you don't need much for you to get better. So you, you can go down to the court by yourself and just do hours and hours of just like practicing cut shots, practicing high lines. You can get a, you can find a wall and just practice your arm swing against the wall. You can get one other person and practice passing all day. You can, you can throw the bodies on set. Like, so in indoor volleyball, you sort of, while you can work on individual skills, you need other players to work on stuff. Um, beach volleyball, beach volleyball is great that you can really, you can really excel. Um, indoor volleyball, if you're not doing certain things at certain heights, it's hard to keep progressing, but beach volleyball, um, you know, height helps, but even if you're small or, you know, I'm six foot, which is pretty small. I mean, and, you know, there's, you know, Guto and there's, there's, you know, uh, Karen Buller and players who are smaller than me even doing really well. And, um, and so, yeah, if you've got the skills and you can practice those skills, then yeah, it can, it can go anywhere. So my advice would be to give it everything you have, give it, give it everything you have, try as hard as you can. Um, play on your national tour, play on your local tour, see how good you can get. Because at the end of the day, all you can really do is put as much effort in as you possibly can and then see where you get to. Mm -hmm. And so as long as you've put as much effort in as you can for as many years as you can, and I'm not saying like, you know, 
stick at it for 20 years and you've never won a, you've never won a competition in your local area or something like that, then maybe, you know, maybe it wasn't for you, but you know, you're like, Hey, give yourself five years of training, training as much as you can still study and have other things going on, but you know, mm. train every single day for, you know, a couple of years. And if you don't see any progression, no worries, but Hey, you never know where it could take you. So give it everything you've got. You never know what might happen. So you just want to look back with no regrets. So try to, Try to just uh, give it a crack, see what happens. You know, give yourself three years, give yourself five years, play your national tour, travel overseas, whatever, whatever you need to do, just see what happens. Mm. And then at least you look back and you have no regrets that you at least gave it a try. Yeah, I, I love that advice. That is so good. I think a lot of times, I mean, it doesn't apply to only volleyball, but a lot of times people don't even dare to take the first step to exactly. chase their dreams. <laughs> Exactly. Before you say no to something, just be like, am I going to regret this in mm-hmm. 10 years? And if you are, if there's a little piece of you, then even if it's scary or even if it doesn't work out, then maybe, maybe, uh, yeah, just do it anyway. See what happens. Yeah, love it. So, Damien, this is the last question already of the podcast, which is a question I ask everyone at the end. And it goes, if you could put a message on the moon for the whole world to see, what would it be and why? Oh, depends. Depends how how if I can put sentences or I can put a paragraph. Anything, honestly, is just uh, anything. It's just a question. <laughs> no, no, it would probably. Yeah, it's a tough question. I. Uh, it's a really tough question because there's so many things I'd like to say, but yeah, just um, oh, I don't know. I actually don't know. I was trying to think of this before, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I keep loving everybody. I suppose, like you know, just be kind, be nice. Um. I don't know. Give all your dreams, like you know, any one of those, any any one of those generic, any one of those sort of generic sayings. While they're simple and they're they're you know always said and repeated, there's uh, there's a lot of wisdom in those simple sayings. So yeah, I'd have to if I got the opportunity, I'd have to think about it for a good few weeks. I think. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I will. I will give you some time to think about it first. Useful answer, but anyway, that's all I can come up with. (laughs) (laughs) No, that was good. So how can our listeners uh, connect with you or support you along your journey? Well, my journey's over, but uh, yeah, just... Um, <laughs> That's yeah. just the journey for volleyball, but there's still journey of life. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'll be up to. So hopefully I'll still be involved here and there. So um, yeah, I'll just follow me on Instagram, I suppose. You can look at my Facebook and just my Instagram, which is my name. Uh, yeah, just my name. I think it's Damien or something like that. So yeah, you can always see what I'm up to. So um, yeah, just 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 type in my name, you'll find me. So yeah, <laughs> so yeah, follow along. And, yeah, enjoy. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry. I will link the the but the name in the bio description below. <laughs> All right. So Damien, it has been such a blast to speak to you and learn from you, your your experience and everything. But before we go, is there anything else that you would like to add that I might have missed out? No, nah, that was it. You asked a lot of good questions. You um, yeah, it was a good little summary of my career, and uh, yeah, lots of lots of good questions and good advice. So no, thank you for the opportunity. So yeah, no, it was good to see you again. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you for you know willing being willing to come on the show and share everything, uh, you know your experience and your knowledge, and it was really fun to catch up again. <laughs> it was it was. Well, will will we be seeing you in any tour tour as a uh coach or something anytime soon uh, don't know about coaching but um 
Oh, maybe one day. Never say never. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, I think I'll just be. I'll, I'll play some national tour. I think I might mm. have played national tour this summer. But um, yeah, who knows? You never know what the future will hold. Yeah, so. very true. So. Okay, okay. So thank you very much, and I wish you all the best. <laughs> Good to see you. Catch you later. That was such a great sharing by Damien. It is always amazing to see when someone with such a wealth of experience like him being willing to share everything that they know just so that they can help us to become better. We are really thankful to Damien for his amazing story that he has written in Beach Volleyball and I am sure there will be many more wonderful stories that he will write in his life. So, if you'd like to follow his journey, do give him a follow on Instagram and I have linked his account in the description below. If you found this episode helpful, share it with your friend, your teammates or even your coach. And if you have any questions that you'd like to ask the players or any players that who you would love to hear their stories, please do send me a message on Instagram at Podcast or use the hashtag TheVolleyTalkPodcast. Once again, Thank you for joining us and I'll see you in the next episode.